Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. My thoughts was going, uh, you know, he sent, she, she mentioned the scripture, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. And you say, well, I hear people say, well, they don't need to go to church, but the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, which is the manner of some. And so we don't want to, um, we don't want to uh, miss out on what God's doing. You say, well, I can hear the word at home. How many of you can? How many of you have got, you know, you've got YouTube, you've got all these different things. You can get, you can get the word, but I'm telling you, I've discovered that you need to be in a place where the word is preached and the anointing is there. I remember uh, being in a place where there was 14,000 believers in one meeting and miracle after miracle after miracle was happening. And you think, well, why doesn't it happen in a smaller group? Well, sometimes, uh, sometimes there, there's not the atmosphere to where people are believing. But I believe we're in a place where people are starting to believe that all things are possible with God. Uh, you know, sometimes we, I wasn't going to do this, but since it came to mind, sometimes we tie God's hands. We tie God's hands and you say, well, how do I do that? Well, we tie God's hands by what we think and say. You know, I'm just tired of all this. I can't put up with any more. How, how many of you know God can show you you can put up with a lot <laughs> with a lot more. And we tie, we tie ourselves. I'm just, I'm just, I just want to quit. Well, that ties God's hands because, because he has made you a king and a priest. And what's, and a king, what the king says, go. You say, well, I tell my wife what to do all the time. She don't listen. I'm talking about you having dominion over yourself. Or the wife can say, I've been telling my husband for years. No, it's, this is about you and God. You have dominion over yourself. We talked about that, I think, last week, about when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them authority. He gave them dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, or the fowl of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth. And I mentioned that the creep is the enemy. But you, first of all, have to have authority in your own life so that you can have a display authority around you. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, I want to get off that because I made a promise to myself. This is December, and I'm going to talk about Jesus. Isn't it a good time to talk about Jesus? Now, just to let you know, uh, 
I'm not, I don't think Jesus was born on December 25th. But we can take the time that everybody else is, you know, they, they want to cut out, they didn't want to, want to mention Jesus, it's happy holiday. No, it's Merry Christmas, Christ, Mass. It's Merry Christmas. So we want to take the time to speak about our Lord and Savior. And I want to, I'm going to give you the title of the message and then I'll explain about it later. The title of the message is Showing is Better Than Telling. But all through the scriptures, all through creation, God wants to reveal himself to man. But you know that our brains are only so big. And there's only so much that we can take. I tell my wife, she was talking to me the other day. And I said, you don't need, you don't need to say any more. Didn't I say that? You don't need to say any more. I've heard enough. Now, I know you women have all the knowledge <laughs> of the... Uh, of the all-knowing. <laughs> but some people can only handle so much information at a time. Jesus even knew that. And he said, I have many things to tell you, but you are not able to bear them now. But I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to teach you in the days ahead. How many of you went to kindergarten and the first day got your degree? You got your PhD. No, you didn't get your PhD the first day you went to kindergarten. You had to go year, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and eventually you, you got out of grade school, you got out of middle school, you got out of high school, and for those of you that went to college, you went there, but you didn't get your degree the first day you went. Why? Because you can't handle all that information at one time. And so God, through from the very beginning, the reason he came down and communed with with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day was because he wanted to fellowship, have communion with them, and he wanted to reveal himself. Well, you know, the devil came along and said, uh, you know, God, God doesn't want you to eat that tree because you will become like God. He wanted to, he promised them that he would give them everything in one bite. If you eat of this fruit, you'll, get, you'll be like God. That's the fast track. You know, say, Satan will promise you pleasure, but he can only deliver pain. He can only deliver pain. But we're talking about Jesus, aren't we? So let's get back to Jesus. But I, I wanted to show, share with you that God from the very beginning wants to reveal himself. He wants to, you don't know everything now, do you? I don't know everything now. His mercies are new every morning. I get new stuff all the time. It doesn't negate the old stuff, but I get new stuff all the time. I see how good God is. And so, uh, the, 
and I want to say this because a lot of times during the Christmas season, we're thinking about the baby Jesus. How many of you know? And we celebrate that. We celebrate that he came. We celebrate, but he came for a purpose, and that purpose was to save. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. But you know, he can multitask. Do we have any multitaskers in here? Well, I might be able to think and chew bubblegum at the same time, but it's real difficult. <laughs> and so, but Jesus and God, are, they, he's a multitasker. So he came to seek and to save that which is lost, but he also came to reveal himself. He wanted to show all of us what God is really like. Because sometimes, have you ever... Uh, have you ever thought you knew somebody and then you got around other people and they were talking about that person? And you thought, man, I didn't know they were that nice. I want to make a true confession. I've been to funerals and people would get up and talk about people and I thought, man, I didn't know they were that nice. You know, sometimes people say things though. I heard, I heard another story. I wasn't at the funeral, but uh, this man was, uh, this man that died, he was a drunk and he beat his wife. But the pastor was up there preaching and talking about the man. And he said this, this pastor that was telling the story said his wife was just scooting across, <laughs> scooting across the, the pew, going back and forth. And he thought, oh my God, <laughs> she's going to say something. She stood up and she said, you are a liar. <laughs> because she knew what the guy was like. You are a liar. So always try to tell the truth. <laughs> but anyway, sometimes you find out more about people. How many of you think you know all about God? There's a lot more to be found out. And so anyway... In John, well, I already mentioned this, but Jesus said, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And when you get the Holy Spirit, you have all knowledge, but he doesn't give it to you all at once. You know why he doesn't give it to you all at once? Because knowledge puffs up. But love edifies. We have to learn to walk in love before we get all the knowledge and we become puffed up and we become arrogant. I don't want to be arrogant. I don't like to be around people that think they know it all. You might think, I think I know it all, but I know the more I find out about God, the more I realize I don't know everything. But that's the wonder of it all. That's the beauty of it all. Because I realize that I can't know God all at once. My, I'm just a person with a brain, and God is so much bigger. We can't even imagine what the universe holds. We can't even imagine. We've got telescopes. We've got the Hubble telescope, and we've got all these things that have gone out. But they're only showing us portions. Yeah. 
God is so much bigger and so much better. He says again, but however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you all, uh, unto all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Do you know, if we are sensitive and yielding to the Holy Spirit, he will prepare us for things that are going to happen. Sometimes he doesn't give us the big picture. Sometimes, have you ever just had a sensing you just sense something. Well, sometimes the Holy Spirit is preparing you for what is about to happen. I want to, again, just share that God wants to reveal himself to you. In 1 Corinthians 2, 7, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Say, our glory. Whose glory? Your glory. Our glory. God wants to reveal to you the glory. He said, I don't know what glory is. Well, it's better than what you got now. It's all good. He goes on to say, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. When, Satan, when Jesus was hanging on that cross... He wasn't defeated by the resurrection. He was defeated by the weakest moment God showed. When those drops of blood started falling from Jesus to the ground, it was breaking the curse that was on the earth. When the, blood, when the drops of blood was falling, he was breaking the curse that was over us. The Bible says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. So the curse that was on us was put on Christ. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Christ was dying as the innocent for the guilty. So was he dying for you? He sure was because we're all, we were all guilty. Being made a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham. Why did Christ die? So, you, so that you could be cursed? No, he removed the curse so you could be blessed. Turn to somebody and say, I'm blessed. Someday act like you mean it. <laughs> you are blessed. You say, what? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are blessed. Well, he doesn't stop there. Usually you hear this, uh, this portion of Scripture at funerals, but this is a funeral message. He says, But it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And then they stop. But let's read on. He says, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. God is telling you, I want to reveal more than you know. I want to reveal my goodness to you. That's what Christ came for. That's why it, besides he came to seek and to save that which lost, besides him coming to redeem you, he came to show you the goodness of God. Because showing is better than telling. Come on. Showing is better than telling. 
You know, we all learn differently. How many of you, some people learn by verbal expression. Some people learn by you showing them. <laughs> some people learn by getting the paddle. <laughs> well, that sure opens your ears up, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I remember getting, I was, uh, I don't know what I was doing, but I was in an art class. This was in middle school. I think I was in eighth grade. I don't think I've ever told this. Maybe I have. But my art teacher, you know, he was a real quiet guy, but he was, he must work out. And there, there was a real cute substitute teacher he must have been talking to. And she was, came into our classroom. And so he just picked me out. I, I wasn't hardly doing anything, but I can't say I was, wasn't guilty, you know. How many of you are innocent of everything? <laughs> I remember proving to my dad one time after he already whipped me that I was innocent. He said, well, that's for all the other ones that I missed. <laughs> you ever heard that one before? <laughs> So anyway, I was in that art class. I did something. And so this teacher, this art teacher, took the opportunity to show this cute um, substitute teacher how it works. So he took us back. Took, I went back with him and this, this other teacher. And he was swatted me. And when he swatted me, have you ever seen on the, on the cartoons when somebody gets hit in the head and you see the stars? That's really happened to me. He swatted me, and I think all the blood rushed out of my head. Or it ran, but anyway, I started seeing stars. <laughs> and it hurt. Of course, you don't act like it hurt. But it hurt. I don't know why I told that story. <laughs> oh, showing's better than telling. <laughs> Some people learn by verbal expression. See, God, all through the Old Testament, he verbally told how good he was. But, you know, some, a lot of people did not believe it. Let's go on to see, he says, but God revealed him this to them, to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, just the deep things of God. In other words, the spirit of God knows everything, all of God's secrets. He goes on to say, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Again, he's rehearsing that the Spirit of God knows everything about God. But let's keep reading. He says, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. God has freely given to us so much and so much of himself to us, but the Holy Spirit has to reveal it in the measure that we let him. How many of you, uh, this is an expression my mother used. Uh, it goes in one ear and out the other. You heard that one. Oh, you say it sometimes. 
Lord, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you know, that's how we tie God's hands anyway. <laughs> you know, you didn't hear a word I said. That's because I was in la-la land. You, you talked for so long, our attention span only goes so long, so we go off into la-la land. Sometimes like, sometimes like I'm preaching, I'm thinking, they ain't hearing a word I say. I think I, I, I remember one time I thought about putting mirrors along the front, and you could see <laughs> how the faces I get. I remember one time this guy was making mean faces at my wife because she was talking. So I got up <laughs> and I returned the favor. <laughs> and then he stopped, so I stopped. Anyway, thank you, Lord. So throughout the Old Testament, God reveals himself gradually. Why? Because we can only handle so much. But, some, but if, we learn how, if we learn the hindrances that would hold us back from hearing, we would get more. Sometimes we're just not interested. Sometimes you're just not interested in here. Sometimes, sometimes, you'd, rather, uh, sometimes you'd rather listen to something else. I remember one time God told me to turn off the radio in the car. It wasn't like that. It, did, it didn't come out like that. But he said, turn off the radio in the car. And I could not turn that radio on for a year. And then as that year progressed, I began to hear more of what God wanted to say to me. Sometimes we, we don't intentionally do it, but we cut off, we cut off what God wants to share with us. And it's not that, oh God, I don't want to hear what you have to say, but we're just so more interested in something else. I know a lot of times when I was a kid, I just want to go out and play. And then my, my parents had the audacity to want to give me a lecture. But you know, as a kid, you don't want to listen to a lecture. You want to be outside. This was back in the day. Remember back in the day when social media was getting out of the house and being with your friends? <laughs> That's what social media was. Facebook, you went out and you actually looked at people. And they looked at you and you talked and they talked back to you. Just a thought. Glory be to Jesus. Well, God, God gave us, and God, I'm just picking out seven names, but God gave seven names to the people in the Old Testament so that he could reveal himself, but they apply to us as well through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. God revealed himself as Jehovah. And actually, uh, it was a name that we created. It was Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, and then because we can't pronounce that, uh, people started putting vowels in it. And then it ended up being Yahweh, or Jehovah. And so, but Jehovah means the self-existing one who reveals himself. 
In other words, God gives a name that, and he tells you, I want to reveal myself. Are you guys feeling like I'm ignoring you? I feel like I'm over there all the time, and I don't want you to just see my backside. <laughs> Which is my good side? My <laughs> so anyway, the first name that I want to share is Jehovah Shammah. This is what God revealed. And the, and the name means the Lord who is there. Through the cross, we have the redemptive privilege of enjoying his presence. In other words, Jesus died on the cross and his blood satisfies God so that his presence can be with you. You don't have to earn it. You can't earn salvation. You can't earn his presence. He wants to give it to you. So don't just, don't be sitting there thinking, well, God never does anything for me. Yes, he has. Now that I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to go back and forth, okay? (laughs) So the next name is Jehovah Shalom. You're familiar with this. It's the God of peace. Through the cross, we have the redemptive, we have the redemptive privilege of enjoying the peace of God. But the Hebrew word, well, for peace, and this was a this was mentioned in the in the Old Testament. The Hebrew word for shalom means peace, harmony, and wholeness. Do you feel like you're fractured sometimes? Do you feel like you can't get your thoughts together? He brings it all together. As a matter of fact, there's a prayer I pray over you every day. And it talks about in him all things consist. That word consist means hold together. I'm praying for you every day that Jesus holds you together, which I really don't have to pray because he's already said he's doing it. If you think you're fractured now, you'd be worse if he wasn't helping you. He's trying to help pull you together. Now, people, uh, there's a way I could say this. Have you ever heard somebody say, just get it together? Well, God's not like that. He's helping you get it together. He restores your soul. Have you ever restored a piece of furniture? I I restored a bathroom last month. Because the hot water was left on and the door was shut. And I couldn't figure out why we couldn't get any hot water. For two weeks, I couldn't get hot water. And I went down and I, you know, I'm not a great, I'm not a a mechanic or anything. But, you know, water heaters are pretty simple. You know that? You got two elements, you know. So I'm going down to look at it and I couldn't figure it out. Well, we had actually called an electrician to come and look at it, but then it was discovered what the problem was. And there was mold in the whole thing because of the steam. 
I didn't say Alakazam. I didn't say in the name of Jesus. I did not. Because I knew if I did anything, I'd get here back. No. Anyway. No, no, I, did, I didn't. I just, I just knew it was something I have to do. But I couldn't, I didn't say in the name of Jesus and all of a sudden the mold went away. I didn't say in the name of Jesus and all the tiles replaced. I didn't say in the name of Jesus because the, actually the, the cabinets wouldn't shut. The door wouldn't shut. The door was warped. The, the cabinet doors were warped. But miracle upon miracle, after they dried out, they shrunk back. But I had to replace the ceiling tile, just a bunch of different things. But it takes time. What am I saying? It takes time to restore. Sometimes it takes time to restore your soul. Sometimes we have to feed on the word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is one of my favorite. You want to hear my one of my favorite? Great peace have they that love thy law or thy word, and nothing shall by any means offend them. How would you like to live a life where you're not offended? Well, the way we do it, according to the Word of God, is we love the Word. Well, you just can't say, well, I love the Word. But when you open your Bible, the pages are sticking together. There's a, um, there's a thing a preacher said about a couple hundred years ago. He said, he said this, the owner of the Bible that's falling apart, usually his life isn't. In other words, what that means, because he's taken the word and he's filled himself up with the word, his life is not falling apart. But if we say we love the, the word of God, but we never open our app, our Bible app, because some, some people don't carry their Bibles. I still love my Bible. I still read my Bible. I read my app, too, my Bible app, because it's got a bunch of different translations. But anyway, shalom. What does it mean? It means that through the cross of Jesus, I have peace, I have harmony, I have completeness. Now, this is still shalom, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. That doesn't mean tranquility around you. That means tranquility in you. Jesus could stop, could stop the storm because he was tranquil on the inside. The, the disciples couldn't because they were, as, they were raging as the storm. Oh, i got to hurry. Well, there's Jehovah Reah. It means this, through the cross, we have the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Through, through the cross, we have Jehovah Jireh. The Lord, the Lord will provide. The first thing he provided was redemption. And then other things. 
Here's another one. I've learned to appreciate this one over the years. Jehovah Nisi. It means the Lord our banner, the Lord our victor. You know, for the first thousand years, the church preached Christ the victor. He is victor over death. He's victor over poverty. He's victor over Satan. He's victor over He is victor, Christ the victor. And through the cross, we have that available. Another one I love is Jehovah Sidkenu. It means this. It means the Lord our righteousness. You have been given a gift when you accept Christ. You have been given a gift of righteousness that you can come boldly into the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In other words, you can come before God without any sense of guilt inferiority or anxiety. Why? Because you have been given a gift that God says, I see you as righteous because you have believed what I said about my son, Jesus. He was delivered up for your offense. He was raised for your justification. And for a simple definition of justification, it is this, just as if I'd never sinned. How many of you have ever sinned? Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> How many of you have ever sinned and confessed your sin? But then the thought keeps coming. And then you think you've got to confess it over. Well, I didn't, I must not have done it good enough. No, when you confessed your sin, it was done. It's eradicated. It's over. The memory comes back for several reasons. One, because we have a mind and we remember things. But the enemy tries to bring guilt on you and tell you that you're still not justified because you remember. No, God says your sin and iniquity, I will remember no more. Now, who's telling the truth, God or the devil? That should be an I'm kind of waiting for a response on that one. <laughs> Who's telling the truth, God or the devil? Well, I think I'm going to believe God because the Bible says that Satan is a liar. And also Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our physician, the Lord our healer. Actually, this whole message was because I watched a movie that was made, not recently, but this is one of my favorite movies. It was made back in the 50s, I believe. How many of you remember or know who Pat Boone is? Pat Boone, you know who? Oh, well, at one time, he was a real good-looking actor and singer. And he made a movie called April Love. And you can watch it on YouTube. If you look at him now, you think, what happened? <laughs> He's an old guy now that uh, advertises for 700 Club, different things like that. But I remember this movie because I loved it so much. Pat Boone had, was playing in this movie. He was a, he was, he'd gotten into trouble. He was a young guy. He, I think he was with some people and he stole the car. And uh, the judge told him that he would put him on probation, but he couldn't drive, and he had to go live with his uncle out in the country, out in the sticks. And so, of course, if, if you're smart, you're going to go to the farm instead of the jail. 
So in the movie, he's, he's first day at the farm. He sees this horse out in the field, this beautiful horse. And so he jumps over the fence and he's walking up to, and the uncle's right there. Uncle's right there. And so he goes up and this horse goes crazy and starts to rear up and is going to attack him. So he runs and jumps over the fence. And Pat Boone says to his uncle, did you know he was going to do that? And he said, yes, I knew he was going to do that. Well, why didn't you tell me? Because showing is better than telling. I don't have time to rehearse the rest, but Pat Boone got back at him. He says, why didn't you tell me? Because showing is, because you told me showing is better than telling me. Now I'm going to warn you, it's a musical. <laughs> Shirley Jones, Shirley Jones, man, she was, can I say this? She was hot. <laughs> but anyway. I just loved that movie as a kid. So I'm thinking about what I'm going to preach. Message, the message. I had the message. I knew, I knew what I wanted to say. I knew what I wanted to reveal. I knew what I, I wanted to talk about Jesus. And the thought came to me, showing is better than telling. The Holy Spirit brought that up after all those years. Showing is better than telling. So th all through the Old Testament, I can show you in scriptures where Jesus, where God tried to reveal himself through the love of God and through that, that God is revealing his love to his people, but they didn't believe it. And so God sent Jesus and showing is better than telling. I want to just read uh, John 10, 25 through 31 says, Jesus answered, I told, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name, they witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep as I have said to you. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Say never perish. Say eternal life. You're not going to find out that you have eternal life when you get to the gates. When you receive Christ as Savior, you get eternal life now. You get eternal life now. So he said, my sheep hear my voice and, they, and I know them. And they, you know God knows you. You, you, he's not, you're not hiding anything. <laughs> Aren't you glad, Tim? Yeah. We glad, I'm sorry, we're glad that, we, that God knows us and you can't hide anything. And he still loves you, Roger. You don't mind if I, okay, good. I don't want to offend anybody. But you love the law. You love the law and nothing offends you. All right. How many of you are going to love the law now? The word. If you love the word, nothing shall by any means offend you. So he goes on to say, 
He says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my hands for I and my father are one and they took up stones to stone him. In other words, he's saying, I'm God. I and my father are one, so they wanted to kill him. So, Showing is better than telling. Let me just make these statements and I'll, let, and I'll quit. Jesus came when Jesus, and this is God's heart all through the Bible. But Jesus came, he said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. You know, he's still seeking and he's still saving and he's still, he's still going after the lost. He said, now listen to this. And apply this to you. I came not to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So if you think God is attacking you and your life is falling apart and you're blaming it on God, he isn't doing it. I came not to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Jesus came to feed the hungry. Are you hungry in your soul? Are you hungry in your... Not just, now he, he feeds the, the physically hungry, but he also feeds the, the inner man. He came to heal the sick. You know, God healed the sick in the Old Testament, but he also wanted to show. I, I, I'm just going to put this out there before I go on. Do you think God's still trying to show people? Do you think God's still trying to show people? Because some of us are a little... Slow. Jesus came to validate people, to lift them up. We used to sing a Ron Canoli song, lift him up, his name be lifted higher, lift him up. Well, God also lifts you up. If I had a voice like uh, Josh Groban, I'd sing, he raised me up so I can stand on mountains. But I don't sound like Josh Groban, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> he came to touch and to heal the leper. And, other, and the leper was an outcast. They were rejected. They had, if you got around a leper, you threw stones at them. So that, because you didn't want them around you. But Jesus touched him and said, I'll heal you. He opened the blind eyes. He raised the physically dead as well as the spiritually dead. That's why we use the term born again. He delivered the demonized. He's still healing the demonized. He calms the storm. He raises the dead. He is the resurrection and the life. Who, who... You who were dead in your trespasses and sins, the Bible says, he has made you alive. He reveals the God of compassion. I don't, I've already uh, exhausted my time, but I could tell you that God was a God of compassion in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, and he does not change. He's still a compassionate God. The problem is, is his people have to learn to be compassionate. You say, well, God doesn't appear compassionate to me. That's because he's trying to show other people his compassion through you and I. Oh, it got quiet now. 
Hallelujah. Jesus loved the rejected. The theology at the time is if you were sick, you were cursed. The question was asked to Jesus, who sinned, the man or his parents? Jesus said, neither. Jesus healed the woman who was bound by Satan. Shouldn't this woman being bound by Satan 13 years be loosed from this infirmity? The religious wanted to keep her that way. He forgave sins. He caught the woman caught in the adultery. The, the Sadducees and Pharisees wanted her dead. They wanted her, he actually just wanted to accuse Jesus. But Jesus said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And let me say you that, tell you this. I got this. <laughs> I remember this from my uh, Bible school graduation. I actually listened to the commencement message. You are his hands and feet. You are Jesus' hands, you are Jesus' feet, and you are Jesus' mouthpiece. And again, showing is better than telling, and he is coming again to show us even more. Aren't you glad he's coming? Amen. Amen.